I'm really glad, you know, you, you're here with me. Um, can Could you introduce yourself for the Afroplug audience, please? Uh, my name is Rash Jami. I'm representing mm-hmm. Sons of Bob, which is a collective of artists and musicians on a performing collective, you know. We are a record label, publishing company, and many other things. Me personally, I'm a record producer, I'm a DJ, and I'm a curator and producer of good things, you know, good vibes. Nice. May you forget, where do you come from? It's really important. I'm, I come from the world, man. I'm a man of the world. I was born in Trinidad and Tobago, you know. Okay, nice. Trinidad, the Caribbean and the whole African diaspora. Nice. So, you know, in Afro-Play, we have like for more than 100 afro you know. So, please be specific. What kind of music do you produce? I produce primarily reggae music. And coming under the reggae umbrella, you have dub, dancehall, and I would slide in a bit of drum and bass and jungle there. But my primary focus is is reggae music and, and the evolution of reggae music. Nice, nice, nice. So I know you got a lot of major collaborations. Which one stood out the most for you? Wow. Um, in terms of collaborations, my favorite, personal favorites would be um, with Hempress Sativa. She's a Jamaican reggae artist. She's the daughter of uh, a Rasta man called Ailawi, who was the original operator of the 12 tribes of Israel sound system in Jamaica. Hempress Sativa, she's very successful right now, and she's one of the female artists at the forefront of the of the reggae the the, the, the new reggae wave, you know. Um I think what's happening now is a lot of my favorites are becoming some of the unreleased stuff, you know. But throughout the years, um we did some remixes with Rizzo from from Wutang. Um and Mesa one, which for me was also another favorite. Um nice. And a lot, of, a lot of songs that we did with um, older and veteran reggae artists, you know. We have some songs with Prince Allah. And, um, of course, we have the things with Chronix and Sizzler and these new school artists. You know, but the ones that still out to me really are the, the ones that, you know, I find like a, a heart, a heartly connection. You know? Nice. Yes, I think music uh, at first is really vibe vibe you know after money but really vibe so you make a, a, a huge milestone with uh, your your crew your famous crew son of dub how does a mixtape with major laser come about how did does it happen um when i started sons of dub um the focus for me was really just record producing and managing but um to take it to the next level i realized that we needed to make a, a different step um, Major Lazer was not as popular as the, at the time, but I was I was a fan, so I was taking a page out of their book in creating a performing collective of Sons of Death. And I, somehow, with the universe, the way it works, around this specific time, um, Walshy Fire was in Jamaica, and we were doing a lot of gigs at the Kingston Dub Club, and um, it was a very popular spot. And he he came to the Dub Club. 
And I simply approached him and I told him I appreciated what they were doing. And to my surprise, they were looking at what we were doing and the connection was just instant. Um, I told him we should indeed do something because I think they had just finished a couple of months before the chronics start a fire mixtape. And um, we instantly said, let's do a, a follow-up mixtape because for them, it was a, a very different sound. Like we say, the, the evolution of reggae, evolution of dub. And um, it was a very simple, easy connection, reality connection, direct Kingston dub club vibes, you know, the old school way, you know? So what advice would you give to, to a new Caribbean music producer? And take time to understand what production entails. Um, being a music producer or a record producer is not necessarily being a composer. And I think a lot of times people get it mixed up. Um, most times composers are producers also because they would do a bit of the, the, the tasks or the activities that a producer would need to do. Um, but what I would say is do some reading, um, do some research understand exactly what you're getting into, um, understand rights management, understand catalog management, um, understand what the needs of an artist, understand um, what is needed from you as a producer. Again, a producer's cap is not just one cap. It's a very broad, a very, very broad um, spectrum and it entails many different things. A producer doesn't necessarily need to be a composer. A producer necessarily doesn't necessarily need to ever be in the room, you know. So you need to understand what you're doing and what you want to do. Um, if it is indeed production, if it is indeed composition, if it is indeed a bit of both. Um, I think a lot of people look at the success that can come from the from the role, and they do not understand mm -hmm. exactly what the role entails, and it gets a lot of things mixed up especially now in a musical landscape that is very free and open. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Uh, thank you for this knowledge. And um, yes, we, sp we speak about achievements, tips, but we don't, we don't have to forget something really important. The struggles in uh, this, this type of career. So what issues, what problems have you encountered in the course of your career Hey, what's the most memorable lesson you have learned? Um, take, I think, I think when you begin to do music as a producer, composer, and artist, you are very wary of people that want to take a part of what is yours. And you look at your, your product mm -hmm. as, as your baby, you know, and you are very, a lot of times you're 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 iffy about letting people in or giving give you giving uh, you're iffy about even taking advice. I think one important thing is to take advice from the people who who know who you trust know what they're saying. Um, I think because for me some of the mistakes I made was being very headstrong. And for example, I learned a lot through um, researching and reading about publishing and understanding publishing. When I just started, I did not want anyone to have any percentage of anything I did if they did not work on it, you know. And you begin to realize that 
if your role is an artist or a producer, you have a you have a role. Um, if there's a publisher or distributor or whatever the other roles may be, they have a role. And in order for you to do your job at the best capacity, you have to allow these other people to do their jobs. You may not fully always understand what everything entails because music on a whole and music business is a very broad spectrum. But you have to learn to begin to trust people because a lot of mistakes I, I made was simply not having a publisher for years, you know? And then when I had um, a publisher and my own publishing company, I didn't have a sub-publisher for years. So um, trying to, it's, it's like this. You may be using DistroKid or TuneCore or something simple and you are seeing mm -hmm. 200 dollars every month and you're happy to be seeing this you know and you would think why would i allow someone to come in and take 10 percent of my 200 dollars but i think what happens is when you allow someone else to come in they amplify what you may earn so when you start to work with the right people you no longer would be earning 200 a month you would probably be earning 300 a month and then you, they would be taking 10 percent of this you know, I think it's a matter of understanding that when you give, you're actually giving for a reason. When you have people working with you that is, that are, that is taking something from you, it's for a reason. Um, I think that, like, again, I, I think a lot of musicians, they are very, they hold it closely because it's, it's like your baby. You make a production, you make a song, it's your first works and you feel like, how can I let this company out of nowhere come and take 10% or 5%? But a lot of times you, you have to understand that the work that um, is happening behind the scenes is worth much more than 5 or 10% of what you can give. Um, exactly. exactly. I've, I've learned that it's, right. not just, it's not just fame and going and singing or going and performing or going and DJing. I've learned that it's really business, you know. And um, it's, it's like any other business, any other thing you're doing. Most businesses take from the inception of the idea and the processing of the of the project and the, the the manifestation. It takes about two years to get a business started and running. After two years, you would know if it's making sense or not making sense. I think it's very much similar with a music career. You know, of course, things may take longer. We have stories of artists who would release songs in the year two thousand, and it only becomes a hit in two thousand nine. It happens. But um, shooting stars is not every night, you know, so we have to be, be very wary. I think one advice, one piece of advice I would give also is to to be very wary of the fact that thousands and hundreds of thousands of songs are being released every day. And it's going to be 10 times in the couple, next couple of months, it's going to be 10 times this and then in the next couple. Especially, especially with AI, actually. So yes, exactly. it can be more. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So, in in doing what whatever you're doing, you have to be unique. You have to be um, be musical. Be unique and be musical. Be you. You know. Be you. Be you. Yeah. Be you. Um, learn to play an instrument. I, I, I still don't have this privilege where I can play an instrument and mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know that a lot of people don't realize they don't know that i in music theory and playing instruments i'm not there yet you know but 
this amplify it, it amplifies your 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 ability by a million. You yes. you will not realize because you're understanding on a different level. You know, so now that I'm learning, I realize more and more. Okay, this is probably where I should have been five or ten years ago. However, the journey has to happen. Now it has to happen. You know. Every everyone has uh, its own path, so everything is okay. Right. And um, I'm not. I don't really un- agree because I know a lot of artists I love, even uh, you know, from my island Guadeloupe. By example, Casa Vukwet Zouk. And uh, so they don't know how to play a instrument. It's just by, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, yes, I agree because I play piano uh, since I was seven years old. But um, I think music is natural, you know? So, by example, you, for me, you're a legend, man. And you're, you you love music naturally, you know? You don't, you don't need instrument. I know you can live without music. So, for me, a musician, you're really some, someone who can... Uh, for music, for 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 them, it's like breathing, you know. <laughs> I think what people have to also do is understand, understand what their speciality is, understand what you're good at, understand what, what, what you you really can do, like what you're you are good at, you know. Um, not every everyone can sing, but not everyone can sing as good as everyone else. You know, yeah, not everyone's going to be a singer. You may be spending a lot of time trying to be a, a singer or a vocalist and your true talent may be in composer or producing or White, somewhere yeah. else you know so understand really what you are good at you know and how you can be useful mm, nice so what are your next projects um in well i'm currently in the netherlands i'm recording an artist from kenya mm-hmm. called black omolo she does dub red one music. Um, I have some projects coming out with Maccabee from the UK with the dub and reggae. So that's the um, Kikumba and Susumba. That's the man. Um, and then we have some more electronic um, house soca influenced fusion vibes that we've been working on with one of our composers called Sneaky Tangos. And we're going to release a Sons of Dub Meet Sneaky Tangos project very soon. And okay. yeah, there's a lot of production. A lot of, we took a, a break from producing music and releasing music. And I think in the course of the next year, every month we would either see a Sons of Dub release or a release from the label with one of our artists that produced. I hope so. I can't wait. Oh, yes. Okay. That, because um, to, I, you know, there are some bugs. So I will uh, we put some questions. I think it's okay because time goes fast. So yes, the the crucial question: How did the mixtape with Major Laser uh, come about, man? It's a huge milestone because uh, yes, you from Trini. Uh, how does it happen? You know, it's legendary. We were, we were in Jamaica. We were in Jamaica. I was I was living in Jamaica at the time. I was living in Jamaica at the time, and um, my focus was Sons of Dub. Well, my focus was managing and and producing and when i created sons of the mm-hmm. i decided that for it to work we needed to do something different and the the thing that was catching my eye at the time was the way that major laser was working because we had a very similar vibe you know um we were in kingston dub club because at this time we had become very popular playing music in the kingston dub club and um 
this it was also a very popular place. So Walshy Fire, who was very active in Major Lazer at the time, he had happened mm-hmm. to be at the Kingston Dub Club. And naturally I approached him, you know, it was nothing big for me. I approached him just to say to him that I really appreciate what they were doing because it was an influence to us. Uh-huh. And to my surprise, they were looking at the things we were doing, you know. So naturally, he immediately said we should do something. And I, I, I was sure for me it was I was thinking the same thing, you know. He yeah. um, had recently done the Chronix Starter Fire mixtape. And um, he immediately said we should try to do something like this. He ran it by Diplo. And Diplo loved the sounds that we were producing. And um, from that moment, we spent a couple months going back and forth, creating tracks, doing a lot of dub plates, because at the same time, we wanted it to stay true to the culture of what we were doing. So we recorded a, a, a bunch of dub plates, um, a lot of different styles, a bit of electronic dancehall vibes, a bit of uh, deep roots. Uh, we incorporated some interviews from our first tour in 2013, you know, and we, we really... Um, with Watchifier and the approval of Diplo, we really um, made the project whole, you know. And for me, it really was um, a big step and a big milestone. Um, also, in a direction that I really wanted to go. And for, it, it was almost the beginning of a bit of a mixtape series. You know? Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, two years after this, we did the Mighty Crown mixtape. And um, then two years after this, we eventually did a... Um, a mixtape project with Green Sleeps Records, you know. So mm-hmm. it was for me like the beginning of a trilogy of, of mixtapes, but it was really the encompassing of of how I wanted to present Sons of Dub, you know. So, so for me, it was really. So, sometimes I still don't fully, you know, understand. Yeah, that, shout, shout, shout out, shout out, watch your fire too, you know. And uh, yes, that, that's that's a that's a great thing, you know. That's a great thing. I'm so happy because uh, maybe you humble, but for me, you like a version yeah, of the future future reggae dub, you know. You know, we we even work together at a time. But for me, is really you you bring this type of yes, you from Caribbean, but you can mix everything, you know, from the diaspora. And uh, yes, that that's really huge. And um, yes, that's why I think Konix, uh, Konix, uh, uh, you 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 make the remix for Konix. Uh, I think you were protege. I'm not sure we protege, but I know Konix. And since like because you you have this this really and um, thank you for existing because um, yes, I know music. Uh, you know, you know, I love Caribbean music. But uh, you, for me, even for me as an artist, uh, you helped me to 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 see the vision more more larger, because you know, in the, people think in Caribbean music, when your music producer is only, uh, you know, reggae, so. With the Roots Future mixtape, for me, it was very refreshing the sound, because um, these are the sounds that I see as the future or the evolution of, of the music. The music is what it is. Reggae, dance, all it is what it is. And you see a lot of people doing things and tropical house and this and that and they wonder if it's going to change or it's not going to change. Reggae is reggae, dance, all is dance, all. Yes, it's the basic. Yes. Yeah, but most of the music we're making, most of the bass-driven music we're making, it is then coming from this reggae and, and dub side, you know? 
So with, with projects like the Major Laser Mixtape or the, the Roots Feature Mixtape, that is now honing in on these original songs and crossing them with the other songs that are popular or that are present in the diaspora. For me, this is, for me, it's, for me, this is, this is amazing. For me, this is. Yes. Part of this. I have the question. What do you think actually about, uh, uh, you know, actually Afro music is really huge right now. You know, it's like, uh, for me, it's like the new pop. So what do you think about it? So, yeah. I think, um, I think it's, I think it's not going anywhere. I think it's going to go through its evolution. However, I think because of how the world is moving, you see where it's it's a bit of it's a bit of a fad thing in the Western world because we have to remember that the, these guys were already rich with their music in Africa before the rest of the world catched on to it. Uh-huh. You know, but what you are seeing now is that artists are getting um they're getting their fifteen minutes of fame in waves. So you saw like Davido had his time. You saw where Burna Boy had had his time because the new album of Burna Boy is not making as big of the impression yes. as the last album because everyone is now looking at Asaki with the Ama piano style, you know, and maybe Ama, Asaki is going to do probably the same thing. He's going to he's going to come to London. He's going to sell out the O2. Everyone's going to be like, wow, it's going to be good. But then everyone's going to look for the next the next artist or the next sound, you know. So I think what needs to happen mm-hmm. is, is a lot of development needs to happen in Africa to actually make it an industry because in Trinidad with soca music, in Jamaica, in dancehall and reggae music, there's a big lack of industry and professionalism. Exactly. In in, in uh, West Indies too. French West Indies is the same. You know that. I think if the talents, the talent, things are happening in Africa, like I said, they are already rich there. They're selling out stadiums, they're doing things. But if to professionalize their their craft they need to come to Europe or they need to go to the US then it's not going to develop anything in Africa mm-hmm. you know so I think um, I think what needs to also happen is um, I think Burner Boy said something about it but it was taken a bit differently I think the music needs to have more substance for it to stick more to people right. you know um, the music of Fella was very different it was very similar it's very similar it's the same but it was very different lyrically and in the expression and what he was singing about and fighting for and these different things. Um, now you have um, Bernard Boyer, these artists, a lot of times you don't understand what they're saying, of course, because it's in it's their native language. However, as a producer or as a musician, you can tell when it's a song that is something meaningful and you can tell when it's just it's, it's just words. You know, yes. so I think artists need to focus on, on on making not top ten or top forty songs, but they need to focus on making songs of longevity within Afro Afrobeat and our piano music. I think a lot more um, live instrumentation needs to come into the the music. Not only when you see Burna Boy or Sake or a big artist do a big album, then you see it's a live album. No, I think a lot more live incorporation needs to happen um, and it needs to work in collaboration with the the new school vibes, the samples, the plugins, the Afro plug vibes, the different things because this is the direction the world is going also. So um, I think, yeah, we need to, because for me, 
on an honest level, like for, for instance, I'm a piano for me. It all sounds the same. It all it sounds the same. I I don't think I could go to an I'm a piano party for three hours or something and listen to the music. I would be I would be looking at the girls because the it's I, for me it's the same. Yeah, I know some people don't. Know. I love I'm a piano, you know. And um, yeah, I love it. you have to love it. You have to love it, you know. But uh, I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean exactly. For me, you see the same thing happening in dub music, where you see a lot of one forty BPM. Yeah, we got echo. It's like a trance like vibe. I was just like the delay. Yes, I understand. You know, it's okay. I know a lot of it has to do with um. A lot of it has to do with making music for longevity, but also making music from a place of your heart and not just because you want to be popular or you see something you like or, you know, so you, it makes it easy to separate the sheep from the but goat. They can do both. But by example, I know, yes, from the diaspora, but by example, Tupac, Tupac do both. Tupac say, oh, well, let's have some fun with girls. And after that, he, 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 he white dear mama, you know, so you get yeah, but yeah. Is something. Mm-hmm. When you look at expressions of people like when you look at when you look at expressions of people like Tupac or you look at mm-hmm. expressions of people like Bounty Killer or Vibes Cartel or you look at these yeah. different expressions, you 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 it's not um this is coming from a real real place. It's coming from a place of experience. Yeah, very mm. This is what we know. This is the life we know. I saw where someone asked Byron Messiah, why why every song you have to put in something about guns. And he, he responded by saying, we live different lives. We live a life where, of That's course, we love to have fun, but I have, en- I, have, I have enemies. And you think my enemies want me to have fun? No. So <laughs> it's a real thing. So when, and but I think now too, because of the pace of the world, the youths are not, it's not easy for the youths to differentiate the reality from the entertainment. Because for some reason, I feel like it was much easier for our generation to listen to Tupac, Bounty Killer, and these gangster rap songs and understand it's just entertainment, you know? But for instance, now you see the phenomenon in Trinidad of like Trinidad music, where it's the dancehall music, but it's very much um, proliferating gun violence and these type of things. And the youths are very much influenced by it. Mm. For some reason, they kind they of differentiate the reality from the entertainment, you know? So, um... You can do both. You can do both because it's at the same time it, it is it is indeed art, and it is indeed an expression of your experience and a, an expression of what you know and what you've seen. If you grow up in Southside, South Central LA, or you grow up in the Meetham Gardens in Trinidad and Tobago, you're going to know about girls and you're going to know about drugs and you're going to know about guns. You know, so that's the reality of the world. You know. Nice, nice. That's the of the so world. I hope to to see uh in the future some son of dub or Raz Jimmy um concert. I love I love your videos on YouTube, you know, when you mix uh please guys check out, you know, if you love reggae music, dub music, you make a nice, you know, a nice mix. Yes. That's I'm gonna have a new mixtape series on YouTube. It's gonna I wanna put out a new mixtape series on YouTube, maybe like every two weeks or every month. I would put out uh, a mix. Um the name of the series would be Ras Jami Selects. 
And I, I would just be making light mixes of some of my favorite songs. Every two weeks to one month, I would be releasing them. If you want Evan to put one of your mixes on Afroplug, you know, you're welcome, man. You know, because we have a YouTube channel. Of course. And really want to highlight. Of course, I do anything for Afroplug. <laughs> Thank you. I really want to highlight producer like you. For me, you you one of part of uh, people really uh, making an impact, you know, for events and uh, uh, for, for the culture, you know. Yes, for me, it's one a big family. Like I said, every time I put an email, you know, we have a big family. So thank you very much, Raz Jamie, for this interview. That was really useful. I think our audience will, is, going, is going to love it. And uh, yes, yeah, see you soon.